Welcome to season two of the Digitalization and Diversity Podcast, a show that tells personal stories and digital journeys of diverse people. My name is Adya and I am your host. Welcome to season two, episode four of the Digitalization and Diversity Podcast. Thanks for listening in today from whichever platform you get your podcast from. In the last episode, we had an insightful discussion on the topic of career development, mentorship, and sponsorship, and using digitalization to plan your career. And on popular demand from the listeners to dig deeper into this topic, I have invited Dr. Carolina Kleber to share her expertise on my podcast. Carolina has over 20 years of experience as an executive coach, leadership trainer, and top management advisor with a functional focus on good leadership, organizational excellence, reorganization, and transformation. Dr. Kleebauer has studied sociology, psychology, and communication science, and she did her doctorate in organizational sociology and personal psychology. I am so thrilled to have Caroline on the show because I think that in this episode, we will all learn a lot. Thanks, Carolina, for joining us on the show. So let's get started with knowing a bit more about you. Could you walk us through the main milestones in your professional journey, whatever you're happy to share? Okay, hello, Atya. It's nice to be here. And hello to the audience. It's good to see you again because you've been one of my coaches. And so you also have practical knowledge already in coaching. Appreciate that you invited me to share more about this. So what can I say? You already told many, many things about me and they're all true. So I I did my studies mainly in sociology, psychology and organizational behavior. And this was really from the beginning my field of interest. Then I started my career in top management consulting, mainly in operational consulting. Then I went to reorganizational topics, change management and human resource topics. And I always found it very inspiring and enriching for my work to get to know so many companies, cultures, and people. And my interest was really to help people to transform, help organizations to transform. And I figured out this in my 15 years as a consultant. And then I decided to become a coach. (laughs) This was also my first intention, but I started with this consulting business. And then uh, when I started a coaching business, I had to take some new apprenticeships and trainings to become a systemic coach. And I did mini research and of course practiced a lot. And now for a couple of years, I'm already coach. And my uh, my clients come from always diverse organizations. They are leaders, they are consultants, they are entrepreneurs with different kinds of targets. And that's a good thing. I always have a variety and diverse people in my coachings and I really love my job, I can tell you. (laughs) (laughs) And what exactly is systemic coaching and this business systemic coaching? Yeah, the first time you can uh, differentiate between life coaching and business coaching. Life coaching is more to reach targets in your life or to shape your life 
to your life targets. So how would I become as a grown up or what do you want to achieve until I go to retirement and so on. Life coaching can also be something like I want to be fitter, I want to have more valuable relationships and so on. And yeah. business coaching is more in the field of doing coaching in business. So for executives, for senior managers, but also for team leads, for experts and so on. So normally in business coaching, coaching is also paid by the organization. My focus is on business coaching, on systemic business coaching. So I do not forget as a systemic holistic coach that a person in the job has also a private life. Maybe you remember your coaching. So I also ask things about your family, what kind of values or principles are important for you, for your family, for your peers, because all these things shape your behavior, your mindset, mm -hmm. And you're thinking also in the business and professional life. So systemic yeah. means holistic. And I could also explain it like a perpetuum mobile. Mm -hmm. If you change something on the one side or one role in your life, it will also or can has, have impacts on other roles in your life and mm -hmm. in business. And, you know, there are many buzzwords around coaching. So I have come across so many different terminology, which is used in the context of coaching. There is leadership coaching. There is mindfulness coaching. There is success coaching. You already mentioned life coaching and you are doing the systemic business coaching. And I was hoping that maybe you could demystify some of these terms which are related to coaching that we frequently hear about these days on all the different social media channels. And I want to know from your point of view, what are these different buzzwords about? Okay, so maybe I cannot define it, but I can give you my own definition of some things, but these are not the academic definition. So a root cause to these variables and numerous coaching buzzwords is that every coach and every coaching institution can have his own buzzwords. So yeah. they sell mindful coaching or life coaching or business coaching or leadership coaching and they have their own definition and even myself I have my own definition. So <laughs> it, there will not be less coaching definitions in the future, I guess there will be more. <laughs> and for me, for example, I'm a, a leadership coach and a business coach. For me, leadership coaching is really to enable leaders or ongoing leaders to be that they have an authentic and effectiveness style of leadership, that they have a leadership mindset, understand their role as a leader, and have the ability to reflect in between the coachings and to shape their own values, mindset, and behavior in their leadership style. So this is my definition. And I'm, as a coach, somebody who supports these leaders to reach their targets, what they want to have as a leader. And these could be very individual. Some people focus more on feedback. Some people focus more on self-leadership. So how can I be successful as a leader? Some people focus more on team building. So this depends on the coaching topic. And what about mentoring and sponsoring? How do those differ from coaching? And where do you see that there are overlaps when it comes to coaching? 
So maybe I start with the overlaps. Of course, there are overlaps in mentoring and coaching. I can also be a mentor in my coaching role, but per se, as the academic definition, I'm a coach. And coaching means I ask questions to help my coachee to come to a self-owned and self-established solution to solve their individual problems. So I do not consult. I do not advise as a coach. I do not share my own history and my own personal story as a coach. A mentor would more share personal history and how he did some things in life so that the learner or the mentee has the ability to reflect, ah, oh, this could also be a good alternative for me and try out maybe something, something similar. And as a coach, I try to really work with the topic at hand, with the coachee at hand. So I do a strict border in between that, but I can also mix it. That's with all these things like sponsorship, like mentoring, like coaching. But maybe from a more technical definition, coaching is often done by a coachee who is outside the organization and who will be paid. And mentoring can be from somebody who is inside the organization and more experienced. So you have more experience in terms of age, expertise in a topic, knowledge, or more expertise in, in leadership topics. But there are also mentors who can be outside the organization. And often mentorship is for free. So it's a give and take. And uh, coaching normally is not for free. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So in my role, I consult clients and I coach teams. And often, even though you have a structured approach to consulting, you can use really all kinds of frameworks and tools. It's still a very much people and stakeholder business, which means interacting with different people, tailoring your communication and your management style, and often being aware of cross-cultural differences. How do you approach clients with diverse backgrounds and diverse ways of thinking and diverse personalities? So this is one of the main definitions of coaching that I'm open for any kind of personality who's coming to me as a coach. And then it's up to the coachee to decide whether wants to be coached from me. Normally you start coaching with kind of a chemistry call or chemistry check mm -hmm. and introduce ourselves, then coachee telling a bit more about the background, about the topic. And then I always say, it's up to you to make your decision if you want to be coached from me or maybe from a coach who is really or who is even more fitting or suitable towards your topic or your personality. Because coaching works best when you have rapport, when you have trust, and when you as a coachee can open up. No matter what kind of background diversity, this is a decision we take after the chemistry check. And this decision can be taken by the coachee and also from me. So if I have the feeling Mm, there is something, a barrier, or I cannot open as a coach, or there is a coach is bringing a topic where I have a problem because I did not solve the problem with myself, then I also have to reject as a professional coach and not only see the dollars and say, mm -hmm. okay, I do it uh, if it's matching or not. I only do a coaching if it's matching personality-wise. And we have been in the pandemic for the last more than two years, and now we are getting into a new chapter of the pandemic. Did you see a change in the challenges or topics that your clients were 
seeking coaching for during this phase and now that we're slowly moving out of the pandemic phase? So when COVID started, many uh, coaching switched from face-to-face -face coaching to remote coaching. This is maybe the most significant change which happened. Of course, I did remote coaching prior to COVID, but it increased significantly during uh, COVID and uh, of course during lockdown. Yeah. Uh, so from the technical side. And now it's switching again more to hybrid coaching. So remote coaching will remain and many coaches and coaching institutions they switched their service portfolio to mm -hmm. digital coaching and now it's switching back to being hybrid. So I prefer hybrid coaching where I do some remote sessions and then some sessions here in my coaching office or in the offices of, of the coaches or the organizations. So this from the technical point of view from topics, of course, in the lockdown, there were more topics about how handling remote work life. So how to handle work life balance. So to uh, differentiate between private and work life, when you're at home 24 hours, you cannot go out and how to manage this. So how to maintain your energy also. How can I now handle my remote team? We have been together all the time before COVID and now we have to change everything to remote. So what kind of tools, collaborations tools do we need? How can I involve people more? How can I be there as a leader for my people not being present? And these have been coaching topics. And now, <laughs> since we're going back to the offices now, but some have, of course, now more this hybrid work setting, there are also questions coming up how to motivate the team that we have at least one to two days per week that everybody is joining the office. So mm -hmm. that people do not want to come back. <laughs> so this is more a topic now. And how can I be a good leader when it's a hybrid? Because some people are not there, some people, or if somebody is fighting for a workshop, for example, yeah, everybody will join in presence. And then you open up the workshop, you'll be there, and only half of the people is there, and the rest wants to join via Teams or Zoom or so. Then how can you deal with that? And there's definitely a different school of thought, I think, when it comes to these topics, because everybody has a different way of thinking on whether remote office makes sense, to what degree, to what degree should people be coming to the office and so on. Of course, yeah, it depends on the company culture, on the leaders, on the team, the tasks of the team. So when it's more creative, project-wise, then it's better maybe to collaborate more face-to-face. -face. It's really depending. There's my job coming in for the leaders or for the experts. How, how can they find the right way for themselves and their teams. And then we can, yeah, we can brainstorm, we can discuss, we can work on attitudes, on tools, on mindset, but also sometimes on just communication mm -hmm. to make it clear how important it is to yeah. be there when there's a workshop, for example. If it's not clear to the people, then okay. <laughs> they say, ah, oh, I need to get my washing machine or mm -hmm. my kids. It's just examples, you know. Yeah. Uh, it's more convenient for me to stay at home. So sometimes leaders also have to be clear on what they want for themselves and their teams. And if the teams also agree with that. And I remember that we had a small stint when I took coaching from you. And I know that you have a large female clientele as well that you coach. What are some of the struggles which you've seen that female managers and female leaders uh, particularly see coaching for? 
So all in all, it's about 50-50 with female and male clients I have. And some of them, they face real the, the same issues, I would say. But let's take it from there. Especially younger, I would say, do not overrate this, younger female leaders, they come with the topic of communication. So how to communicate more directly, have more presence, be more visible, and also say no. Yeah. <laughs> As I told you, this could also be male topics. So these are gender neutral topics. But let's come back to the communication topics. It also has to do many socialization with how communication was done at family, at peers, at university, and the beginning of the career, and how they want to be seen. So it has mm -hmm. to do with own attitudes, principles, and inner drivers. Often I face people, I not say only females right now, mm -hmm. who tend to say we instead of I, or they use Weichspüler, we call it in German, they use softeners yeah. language and they tend to be more indirect with their communication when it's needed to be direct to the mm -hmm. point. And there we can practice the behavior firstly, mm -hmm. and secondly, we can also work on the mindset. What is hindering you to be more direct in your communication and say, I want to have this until ha ha ha. Or yeah. my suggestion is ha ha ha. Instead mm -hmm. of, oh, maybe we could use, and if it's not a problem, then we maybe could. Yeah. <laughs> and there, not only is a behavioral communication thing, it also has to do with, with inner drivers and mm -hmm. values. So maybe one hypothesis is then people don't like me when I say no not allowed for me to be direct because they think it's impolite. Mm -hmm. So these things come up in the coaching and then we try to clarify, is this really like that or is it just what you're thinking? You already mentioned remote working and I'm going to circle a bit back to it because we touched a bit on remote leadership and there is a talk regarding the future of work. There is so much analysis going on in terms of what does future of work mean? What does new work mean? What are other companies doing? What makes best sense for the employees within an organization? In the future of work, what is critical for remote leadership? Good leadership depends on, on your attitude, on your mindset. So if I have a good mindset towards also remote work and I trust my people, even if they're not in the office, yeah. then I can be a good remote leader. If I have a problem with trust, <laughs> how can I gain more trust mm -hmm. that, so that this is working? And it's about not only about trust and the mindset, it's also about being present. So not present in the normal one-to-ones you have, the weeklies, the dailies, you call it, or you name it. So be there, pop in, try to give them a call. And also one of my favorite topics is to be also a coach as a leader. Mm -hmm. So to be a coach yeah. also in your leader role. As a leader, you have always different roles. You be a manager, you be a mentor, you're a people developer, but you're also a coach. Mm -hmm. So you can get more nearer or more trustful relationships with your employees when you ask them questions. So when should one seek out a coach and what would be your advice for somebody who wants to get started with coaching? Normally, people know when they have some 
patterns, behavioral patterns or mindset patterns where they are dysfunctional, where they say, oh, that's annoying. I wanted to change this, but I do not know how. I read many, many books about self-management, about self-leadership, about effectiveness, about communication, but it's still not working out. So if you tried all that, <laughs> or if you do not want to try out all the literature, <laughs> you may ask a coach. And the first chemistry check and introduction is always for free. So there's no price. So you can always reach out to a coach and ask some questions. <laughs> and yeah. maybe there will be some instant help, or then you decide, do I want to be coached in a longer process? So this is when you want to reach out for a coach personally. When you want to reach out for a coach in your organization, ask your manager, ask the HR department if there's a budget for coaching. Normally it is a budget for uh, individual training and coaching. So you can either use it either or and use it for training and coaching. Yeah, I think that was a fantastic discussion and we are already at the closing of today's episode. So thanks a lot for the great insights, Carolina. And I would like to know how the listeners can get in touch with you. Maybe they can contact you if they forgot my name. If not, you can visit me on my homepage. It's www.ckc-coaching.de or you just pass by my LinkedIn profile and I'm happy to yeah, connect with everybody who was listening today. And I'm also there for, yeah, for your questions. So just reach out via LinkedIn and we get in touch. Awesome. So all the resources and the links can also be found in the show notes for this episode. And yeah, that's it for today's episode of the Digitalization and Diversity Podcast. Thanks again, Carolina, for being on the show. Thank you. It has been a pleasure. <laughs> so join us again next time as we dig deeper into another topic of visualization and diversity and subscribe to the channel on Instagram at the.dd.podcast. If you're listening to the podcast on Spotify and Apple Podcasts, please do leave a review of what you thought about this episode. And if you have any other feedback, I would love to hear your thoughts. You can reach me on LinkedIn or Instagram. Till next time.